Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. What was the term that they used? I think it was... Scam? <laughs> Which scam is Bank of America putting on now? They're calling a recession, or calling for a recession shock, or predicting, rather, a recession shock. I want to talk about that. Oh, oh, okay. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the uh, California people who got um, ripped off. Uh, they got money taken out of their bank accounts, and I believe it was Bank of America basically told really? them to go sa- go pound sand. Oh, that's not a surprise. So they're uh, they're now suing Bank of America. Really? Yeah, and there there were enough of them, I guess, that they could club together and get represented. Wow. It, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, I believe uh, Bank of America also had a scam going on where they were taking money years ago uh, from from people, basically. They, they, they were doing it through uh, what they were tr- call, calling fees for subscription services that people didn't sign up for. Oh, nice. Uh, it wasn't like... I hate it when that happened. It wasn't just a new fee. It was a new fee they signed you up for. So, and when people wow. asked not to, you know, to unsubscribe you know they they do they do things like they say they do it and then they wouldn't do it and they just keep charging and then yeah they basically just there it seems like some banks just hit people with fees just to see if they'll put up with it from what i understand when you'd go to the bank and get a car loan or a house loan or something like that people think that that's money coming out of the bank's vault but it's actually not no it's coming i believe it's coming mm -hmm. from the federal reserve the federal reserve like loans the bank's money to then loan out money or something like that i thought they just create it from thin air yeah, it, it's created by the Federal Reserve, if I'm not mistaken, to then loan to banks okay. that then loan out that money to you. Right, but it has nothing to do with customer deposits no. being in the vault. Right, yeah. that's the yeah. misconception. That's what we teach kids, but that's not actually right. correct. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was saying, but I think it's slightly more complex than that. I don't, well, I don't that's remember the layman, exactly that's the layman how it explanation. Works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not, none of us are bankers here. Uh, yeah. Uh, nor do we want to be. Yeah. I think you have the most experience, actually, uh, nobody in the banking sector. I've worked for two banks. I worked for, uh, I think it was Bank of America, actually, when mm, I was a think? teenager. Wow. Um, I that worked for really them. a long time ago. Uh, Thanks. Um, the but yeah, I, I worked there in their. Uh, I was doing data entry for them, and I was in their check stops uh, department. So basically, they would call me on the phone and say, "Yeah, you need to put a Type Twelve hard hold on this account." Jeez, what kind of computers which, were they using back then? Were those the, green screens? They did okay. They did have green uh, monochrome. Okay. Yeah, yeah, monochrome. <laughs> monochrome and green. Yeah. The story I was referring to that is way too long for on air is ATR.org. That's the Americans for Tax Reform. It's entitled 40 Years of Failure, IRS Unable to Fix Computer System. And this was uh, published in early March of this year. And what it is is just this retrospective summary, basically, going as far back as 1982, documenting failure after failure of attempts uh, so, and then, and we're talking about billions of dollars that have been spent over these many decades now at this point, as the IRS has been attempting to pull, <laughs> to pull off an upgrade uh, to their computer systems. Wow. Uh, 19- I, I, I want them to fail. I want to see them all fail and collapse so we, we can just be done with it already. Like, 
I mean, it would be the best for everybody. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, headline from 1997, IRS admits its $4 billion modernizing is a failure. Official says computers don't work. Agency wants to contract out tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Uh, headline from 1998, moving a mountain of paper taxes. According to the IRS, sloppy books cost IRS millions in 1999. The specialized mm. workers needed to support the legacy IRS systems are expensive and increasingly difficult to find. The point they're making here is kids that are graduating from college with computer science degrees, they're not learning a, a line of COBOL. They're, they're not. No what are it. they teaching these kids in school today? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's just as well. COBOL is is a language in which it's ancient um, right this well it's old. an ancient language and it's very structured mm -hmm. to the point where it's said that it takes more more lines of COBOL to do a thing than it would take to actually do it in assembly language mm -hmm. where you're getting and in <laughs> assembly language and yeah whatever. Uh, well I, in it's you you use op codes yeah. in assembly language but it's uh but basically, uh, lines in assembly language have a one-to-one -one chorus correspondence with actual processor instructions. Yeah, all, all I remember uh, from the 90s is in order to make COBOL work, I knew somebody who had to write assembly language code to like make it actually work. And um, wow. yeah, it's it's uh, it's and I think the best I I don't know uh, I, I'm not I don't want to say they're the same, but they're obviously not but if, if for free people who, people who have taken a programming language you know probably i don't know about recently but you know within the last probably 40 years they they, they probably learned some sort of basic mm -hmm. it's like that a lot and of the southern all... states did have a vote of their legislature uh as i understand it but i'm not sure about the uh, how many of them had a popular vote so seven states that left uh, to create the Confederate States of America, all left by legislative vote. Hmm. However, there's one state that left the Confederacy on popular vote. Oh, um, and that would that would be eight counties in Virginia um, left. Now, here's where things get weird. Um, they each county left based on popularity votes from the citizenry. Um, mind you, when we say of the citizenry at the time, we mean white male. Um, so just to clarify, you're saying these Virginian counties were leaving the Confederacy. Were they joining, rejoining the Union, or were they seceding into their own country? So here's where didn't they get become weird. West Virginia? They did become West Virginia. Here's where things get weird. They all left based on popular vote, but then they had. Essentially, like city councils, county representatives, that sort of deal that formed the state of West Virginia hmm. after the fact, with no input of the citizenry, made the state of West Virginia and then joined the union. I'm still surprised at how much support there was, and I think a lot of the legislature was actually surprised at how much support there was, uh, given the. From uh, whom? The people? Or uh, the legislature the, members. Some of the members, uh, mm -hmm. thirteen, I of think, them were, were surprised at how much support there was. 
Uh, and I kind of was surprised at how much support there was because it's, you know, if you look at Texas, I think they had one legislature that was willing to do something. And Well, no, there was one person, I think, that filed a bill in Texas. I don't yeah. know if he had any support. I, su- I suspect it's, there were some who supported him on that. It's a risky kind of thing to do, a maneuver, yeah. right? And and so for one person to do it in Texas where they supposedly have a ton of support, mm. by comparison, the fact that we had 13, well, we had, we had se- about seven, seven or eight. sponsor it yeah. and then another six came on and, right, and voted right. for it. Actually, so. I think one of the sponsors changed his mind and voted against it, so it might yeah. have been another seven uh, that voted for it. But either way, 13 voted for it, 323 against so it definitely was crushed at this point, but a lot of the people who were are probably personally quietly in favor of secession who did not vote for this bill, uh, they are afraid of what people think. They're Absolutely. afraid of, of losing their reelection, and that's why I'm very interested to see what happens this year as the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence apparently has somebody on the hook who's willing to give them $50,000 Got some light breaking news for you. I don't know if you've heard or not. Uh, if it's that, uh, yeah, go ahead. About, about, about Gretchen Whitmer, we did hear, Remember but we the, haven't uh, said anything about it on the air yet. So why don't you go ahead and break that news, Major? All right. Well, two of them were found not guilty on all charges, and the other two, which one of them was the leader, was uh, a hung jury. And wow. The and these are the guys who are accused be- of planning to kidnap. The governor, governess yep, there yep. in Michigan. Yeah, they, they said they had were going to rig the house with explosives and all kinds of beeswax. Mm-hmm. But uh, the feds were found, you know, hands dirty as, you know. Surprise, authority. surprise. Um, yeah, it, yep, it seems yep. to be it seems to be like a fairly common tactic that these you know feds will you know entrap people and they can't. There's certain things they can't do, but it's you know. It, but if they do do them, then <laughs> right, the right, only way like, you can and, call them on it is by going to and trial. They, and, and, mm-hmm. and the problem is they also they're trained liars. So like yeah, they even are. even if you know um, you know they did entrap somebody, they can just get up on the stand and say they didn't because you know, half the time they don't wear a wire, so there's no they audio. don't record. But we learned you know? we learned during nobody's trial back a decade ago now when you went to trial for selling weed here in Keene when. Because you went to trial, they actually had to put the FBI agent on the stand, Phil Christiana, and he testified under oath that is FBI policy to not record interviews. Caserta's attorney, Mike Hill, said in an interview, quote, the jury clearly saw what the FBI was doing to create this case. They saw it and they didn't like it, unquote. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you look at this case and you look at the case of the Bundy Ranch. You remember that one from yeah. 2013? And Ammon Bundy's actually in jail right now. No, what for? Uh, for contempt of court. Oh, he wow. was sentenced to a certain amount of community service. And he said that, I guess he was running for Senate. He's running for governor in Idaho. And and so he counted his campaign stops as community service. <laughs> and the judge didn't like that and sen- sentenced him to 10 days in jail. Uh, okay, 10 days. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a big deal. But. That's just going to be campaign fodder, you know, yeah. that's going to get yeah. more attention. Uh, so the, to make their case, federal prosecutors presented a mountain of evidence Hundreds of, oh, I guess what I was going to say about the Bundy case. So in that case, they arrested a bunch of people, not during, but after the fact, because that's one of their tactics, like they're doing in uh, Canada. They don't mm-hmm. arrest during the protest. They do right. it later. Uh, so they rounded them up. They charged them. One guy from New Hampshire took a guilty plea and spent five years in federal wow. prison as a result of that. 
and the rest of them went to trial and were all found not guilty. Our city is going to do some spring cleaning um, for the next two months. We're going to uh, clean out the city, picking up trash and This cleaning. town needs um, an enema. <laughs> well, the whole thing is that, the funny thing is that they all want volunteers. They're not going to pay anybody. Hmm. That's the funny thing about it. You know what I mean? They, so I, I guess they, I guess people feel like they care about the city. They're excited enough to work for free. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good motive. And then um, maybe, so, but how is that going to you know discourage the trash makers? You know I mean, well, it doesn't. It's, it's, it just just picks up the mess. I mean, how are you going to discourage people who litter? There are already hundred dollar plus, or I think in Massachusetts they got a thousand dollar fine uh, for littering, and yeah. you know what it does? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like, lag for you. It, this is the problem when you try to go after every tiny infraction. You know, people realize that it's not likely they're they're going to get caught, and no matter how much you you make it, it's not going to increase the chances of being caught. So it's not going to reduce. And people also the other point that I think is important is. People don't think usually when they're committing crimes, mm. they're not thinking about the fact that they could be caught or, you know, that there's something that's going to happen. To make their case, according to BuzzFeed, federal prosecutors presented a mountain of evidence, hundreds of audio clips, videos and text messages, many of which show the men describing violence they would personally like to inflict on the governor. Plus the testimony of a confidential informant, two undercover FBI agents and two defendants who pleaded guilty and agreed to cooperate with the investigation. Oh, but the most striking thing about the closely watched 15-day trial might be what the jury never got to see. Both before and during the trial, prosecutors went to extraordinary lengths to exclude evidence and witnesses that might undermine their arguments. Sounds like the Ross Ulbricht trial, mm. where they did everything they could to uh, tilt the scales against Ross. Mm. While winning, uh, winning the right to bring in almost anything favorable to their own side... As a result, defense attorneys were largely reduced to nibbling at the edges of the government's case in hopes of instilling doubt in the jurors' minds and to making claims about official misconduct with vanishingly few pieces of evidence to support them. Over and over during the course of the trial, the prosecution objected to any attempts by defendants to provide context for the often shocking sound bites and text messages shown in court, objections sustained by a judge who agreed that such material risked confusing the jury. Wait, what? Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a stacked case. How do you, if you don't have context, how are you supposed to interpret what you're hearing in the prosecution's yeah. favor? Apparently, well, if you don't, you're confused. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is this is how messed up our system is, it, it is. and it's not like it's oh, you know, it happens once in a while. That's the thing. Ross Ulbricht was not a freak occurrence. It no. was just the one we paid close attention right? to. So more from the summary from BuzzFeed News. They're talking about how the defense in this case was basically neutered by the judge in the case who continued to sustain prosecutorial objections to, in, like, for instance, letting the defendants explain their statements. The prosecution would present uh, text messages from, you know, completely out of context of the, what these guys know, were saying. This is this is a pattern with the government and yes, it taking is. things out of context. And if you can't explain it and you're not allowed to show the messages that came before or after the text messages. It's a show trial. It's, it's a show trial. A it's defense. literally a show trial. And yeah. we saw the same thing in the case of Christopher Cantwell. And That's correct. I'm yeah. not a fan of Christopher Cantwell, but you can't put people you can't put evidence against people and then not have context because it's gonna get uh it's not gonna be understood and if it's not understood it's gonna you can make people out to you know 
horrible people. And he That's probably was a horrible person. But he may not have done the things that they were accusing him of is the point. Yeah. The statements defense said was just talk, and they therefore are protected by the First Amendment. To the degree there was any actual plan to kidnap Whitmer, they added, it was the FBI that cooked it up. While the government's minions, as many as a dozen confidential informants, lured the defendants into half-heartedly playing along. They said it was a case of entrapment and that they had hundreds of recordings, text messages, and Facebook posts that would shine a very different light on the government narrative. The rule is, of course, you know, don't talk to these people. They are not there to help you. If somebody starts talking about violence, the odds are they're working for the feds. uh, And you need to not talk to that person beyond to tell them to go away. And they're not wanted. Mm -hmm. He also ruled, the judge ruled, the defendants could not inquire about the past conduct of several FBI agents. Though the government would be allowed to question the defendants about episodes in their past. Five days before trial, Jonker, the judge, handed the defense a rare victory by ruling that if two undercover FBI agents appeared as witnesses, that they had to use their real names. Wow, that was the... They had to use the real names. (laughs) Wow. Wow. After all the preceding decisions, it was hard to overlook the irony. Quote, it is time for all guise and uh, pretense to end and for making the prosecution... Or and for the prosecution to present the evidence in an open forum, the judge wrote, making it crystal clear to the jury and the public that inside the courtroom nothing is undercover and everything is out in the open will be best ensure will best ensure fairness during trial and eventual acceptance and respect for whatever the jury ultimately decides. He unquote. said after keeping all the uh, exculpatory evidence undercover, it, you know, you know, it's kind of it kind of makes you really question jury trials because it's not the jury that's deciding if they don't have the information that's needed right. to make the. Decision it's it's a i mean it's it's a scam i'm not all into religion i was horrified by the uh branch davidian what happened massacre yeah. oh yeah and i think that uh, was a, a real turnoff to the feds for a lot of people back then for sure oh yeah 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 this kind of reminds me of the whole bundy ranch thing it's like i don't definitely don't share their politics but yeah they're mm-hmm. not wrong in 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 regards to government intrusion on their rights and their lands and things and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> And Ammon Bundy, as I understand it, is actually more uh, libertarian in that he like he came out in support of uh, not the organization, but the Black Lives Matter movement mm. and said, well, you know, the, the police are killing too many black people, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, which which I certainly uh, I certainly would agree with, even though, you know, the organization is, you know, just a bunch of Marxists right. who took took donations and bought mansions i, mean, I heard the, about that the yeah. u.s government kills too many people period yeah. especially around the world many yeah. of them though are also not necessarily black specifically but yeah. you know of other ethnicities than yeah. you know who are in power mostly in the united states yeah and the thing is i don't i don't know if uh I don't know if it's more likely to happen to black people or not, but I, think I can certainly is. understand why black people would think so. In the government's telling the most critical moment when the alleged plot took place in September of 2020 when Foxcroft and others piled into three trucks and headed out to conduct nighttime surveillance of Whitmer's Lakeside College. It was not a great success. College? For, uh, sorry, cottage. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, for one thing, the com- uh, their companions that night included two confidential informants and two undercover agents. Some 10 additional FBI agents followed them en route, and stationary cameras mounted at strategic spots tracked their progress. For another, despite all the careful planning, the men failed to find Whitmer's house because they'd, been- <laughs> <laughs> because they'd been given the wrong address, and heavy rains made it impossible for them to spot one another from across the lake as they had hoped to do. Nonetheless, the government seized on the narrative value of that outing and several times throughout the trial showed the jury a pair of videos reenacting it, except it looked a little different on the projector screen. In one of the videos, a confidential informant and two agents sit in a truck parked in Whitmer's driveway, which none of the defendants ever found. A second video, viewed from across the lake, shows a glowing infrared illuminator held by an FBI agent standing on Whitmer's boat deck, a vantage point that not one of the defendants ever had. That's just dishonest, Blanchard said in court on Friday, but it's certainly made for good viewing. In the end, and in ways that may be unsatisfying to many of the parties, the case that was tried in Grand Rapids will inevitably reach far beyond the evidence shown in court or even the partial verdict delivered on Friday afternoon. To go back to the story that I had originally sort of teased at the very beginning of the show about Bank of America warning in a weekly research note, according to Reuters' report, The macroeconomic picture is deteriorating fast and could push the U.S. economy into a recession. Inflation shock worsening. Rates shock just beginning. Recession shock coming, said Bank of America's chief investment strategist, Michael Hartnett, in a note to clients, adding that his context, or in this context, cash volatility, commodities, and cryptocurrencies could outperform bonds and stocks. Who would have thought we would see the day when Bank of America was admitting that cryptocurrencies may actually be a better investment than the stocks and bonds? Did they say cash would be a better investment than than, uh, stocks? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? But that's what they said. Mm. Well, I mean, if the stock market's likely to fall, then that's probably true. It may not fall as fast as cash. Uh, You're saying cash will not fall as fast as stocks. I guess it kind of makes sense in terms of... If you know, for a moment, yeah. it could be the case that dollars will hold more value than the than the stock market. The if it takes a real yeah, yeah. If you have inflation yeah. and a falling market, yeah. then that then cash is a better investment than stock. I wonder if any of this is connected to the sanctions on Russia. Um, because well, well they're going to blame that. I mean, they, the U.S. government's been blaming the Russian right. government. Obviously, for, it's not the Russians' fault. The U.S. decided to do the sanctions, and so as, right. as well as many other countries. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. has to now prop up, presumably Europe. And I don't know what the U.S. is doing, but Europe needs gas, so our prices right. are going to go up. World prices oh, yeah. are going to go up. It, you know, um, and they're going to blame Putin, even yeah. though, of course, the gas prices were yeah. already going up prior to Putin's invasion of right. Ukraine. Yeah, what I want to know is if cutting off the uh, Russian pipeline was the best way to crush the Russian economy. Why did Biden cut off our pipeline? You talking about the Canadian question. one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. X XL something Keystone. XL Keystone, Keystone XL. Pipeline. Yep, that's a good question. And uh, they also, you know, they cut off Putin and the at the time they put those sanctions into place, you saw the value of the Russian ruble take a dive. But guess what? It's come back. It, since it then. has. Now, it's I, actually higher than it was I, prior to his invasion. I, I'm going to say something that's not going to be very popular here, but. That's because it's being artificially uh, manipulated by Russia. Now there's another sticker that is an image of Ukraine 
with the red and or the uh, yellow and blue flag colors, and it says it's worth it that people are putting on gas pumps. Now, is that an intentional huh. reference to Madeleine Albright, or did the people oh, who made that completely <laughs> miss the irony? That was that was my comment mm. when I saw the. Uh, uh, when I saw the article that said Madeleine Albright had, had died, uh, my comment on it was it it's was worth definitely it. worth it. <laughs> um, <laughs> For listeners that don't know, you're referring to her comment about 500,000 dead Iraqi children, if I recall yes. correctly, being quote unquote worth it mm-hmm. uh, regarding wow. the invasion. I can't believe she said that. She did. Yeah. yeah. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, it that, was... Uh, I I couldn't believe she said it. I I don't I'm either. A monster. I She's saw a monster. It. Some of these people are, I, I, they're not thinking. I think sometimes when they say they say what they actually think. That's and, what she believes. And, feel, and it's like they're usually hi- good at hiding it. And yeah. then these things come out, and it's like well, it didn't ruin her career or anything like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's right up there with Bill Gates saying that, unfortunately, Omicron provides uh, provides immunity that's as good as the vaccine. Um, <laughs> yeah. He wasn't happy about that. <laughs> no. We were talking about private label brands at uh, grocery stores, for instance. It's That's whatever it is, is br- the brand that is sort of owned by the store. Usually, in a lot of cases, they're manufactured by the real labels in some mm. in some cases not all but uh, but they just put the store's brand on it and they the store sells it for less than the uh, the official brands do because the official brands are paying for huge advertising budgets they've got a, a mm. bunch more overhead and the uh, the store that sells them the private labels um, being sold in store they don't have to pay for shelf space sometimes those stores charge those companies for shelf space you know you how do they decide what uh, products are right at eye level? Well, they pay for that mm-hmm. in a lot yeah. of cases. And so the store, of course, can put their brand wherever they want to, and they can price it more more competitively. So buyers are starting to think twice about going with the name brands. Crystal Phillips of Adams, Massachusetts, said she's been feeling the pinch of higher prices for months, but started more seriously cutting costs in recent weeks after she spent $92 to fill the gas tank on the family's vehicle. Oh yeah, I can I wow. can I can relate to that experience. <laughs> What's the most you've paid? Do you remember in recent weeks? <sighs> I'm not sure. Probably, I think I've paid fifty dollars for. I don't know if it was a. I don't even think it was a full tank. Yeah, it's over um, fifty I mean, bucks for a for something a full tank like for me. thirty dollars maybe for was was maybe a full tank for me. Like I don't know, a couple of months ago. <laughs> You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.